0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. John Mackey with Diana, Super Sunday on CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can... Uh, Joining us next is a a Minnesota guy. You know what we're doing here today? Uh, Trying to maybe uplift the spirits of some towns that have some heavy lifting to do in 2021. They're living large in Kansas City and Tampa right now because one's going to walk away with a championship when the day is over. A couple other towns have their work cut out for them going forward. And uh, Minnesota is one of them. Here to give us some insights on all four of the teams in Minnesota these days. Jim Suhan, columnist for the Minnesota Star Tribune, joins us on CBS Sports Radio. What's the weather up there, up there in Minnesota like these days, Jim? It's too cold
1: for us to have weather.
0: <laughs> uh, it was just a couple of years ago where you got to get in the car, crank the heat, and then drive over to the stadium to watch the Super Bowl when Minnesota hosted it. Uh, you're staying indoors to watch today's game?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, you would die if you watched outside. It really, having, listen, I love my town. There are a lot of cool things about Minneapolis. Uh, we have a lot of great, great things going on for us, but weather, our weather's horrible. And to have a Super Bowl here and make people come here from out of town and want to party outside, uh, walk around with, you know, <laughs> buy coats at the airport and have to just suffer through the week, it, it's a bad idea. Minnesotans don't want to be here in January and February. We shouldn't make other people be here in January and February.
0: That's uh, very honest of you. I appreciate the fact that you are being completely honest with us. Now, it wasn't a bad Super Bowl game itself, but you are oh, just yeah. saying bad idea altogether
1: yeah I, I it was and I think Minneapolis did as well as it could to make it a good week and the game itself was great and the stadium's great it's a great stadium but it, it, again you know this is supposed to be a party week a networking week a week where you can go sit outside maybe get some sun maybe play a round of golf and you just can't do anything here i mean you literally will get frostbite if you stand outside too long in this kind of weather we shouldn't do that to people this you know i i really think that the nfl should refurbish the superdome and have the superdome super bowl played in new orleans every year it's the perfect super bowl city but if you're not going to go that far then just Keep it below the Mason-Dixon line. Keep it warm-weather cities where people can walk around and have a good time.
0: And if there was a year that it actually might have fit in Minnesota, this would have been the year, the COVID Super Bowl, that we're dealing with because all the outside activities are kind of converted indoors to begin with anyway and shrunken down. So um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that you guys did have the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. If the Viking Super Bowl is what you're waiting for, it might be a little bit longer I'll be honest with you. I picked them to win the division this year. I was pretty disappointed in the season the Vikings had. It was bad enough for me to think that Coach Zimmer was on a hot seat and that he could have been fired. That didn't happen. Smart thing or a mistake by the organization to give their coach one more shot?
1: What really happened was I think the previous year, uh, they get into the playoffs, they have to go to New Orleans for a playoff game. I think if they lose that game, then I think the the, the Wilfs, who own the team, would have, especially if they lost badly, I think they would have had a look at it and say, okay, we've been trying this for a while now, you know, one playoff win, a lot of really disappointing, some very disappointing playoff losses, some very disappointed seasons. It's not that this team's been bad, this team's been competitive, it just hasn't gotten over the hump, and the one time they got to a, a championship game, they got beat by 31 points uh, against the Eagles. So, uh, I think if they had lost that game in New Orleans, you know, last year in the playoffs, then they might have some decisions to make. Instead, they win the game in New Orleans. Cousins plays well in that game. Uh, They beat a good New Orleans team. And I think the Wilfs, who like stability, they gave uh, Spielman, Zimmer, and Cousins all contract extensions. Dalvin Cook a contract extension. And they kind of basically bought into giving this group another couple of years. So they're not going to fire these people after, you know, one COVID injury-plagued season that didn't go very well. I think this will be the proving ground for whether these people stick around again or not. I think Cousins, Spielman, Zimmer have this year coming up to kind of prove that they deserve more time. If not, I think they will change everything after this this upcoming year.
0: So far in this offseason, and it hasn't even begun yet because we got to finish the Super Bowl up today before it ever becomes the offseason. And you can't actually make moves for weeks thereafter. But we've already had a big quarterback trade in the league with one of the teams that you guys do battle with, the Lions, uh, going in a different direction. You're telling me that Kirk Cousins is 100%
1: guaranteed to be the Viking quarterback next year? I'd put it more at 98.9%. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's, listen, there, there are some moves being made that really make no sense uh, that are kind of crazy with quarterbacks, especially when it deals dead cap and cap hits and all that other kind of stuff. The Vikings are going to stick with Cousins for another year. Um, he had a good year. Now, listen, I'm oversimplifying. He had six horrific weeks that buried them, and then he played really well for the 10 weeks after that. In In total, he ended up having a very productive season, kind of a Kirk Cousins season where, where he, he's accurate, he's, he has a good season, but he doesn't necessarily elevate his team. Uh, but to get rid of him, you'd have to take on a huge cap hit, and they're already $12 million over the cap, and it's hard to get rid of a guy who actually was playing well at the end, even if you don't have faith in him. So I just think they're going to run it back another year and see what happens.
0: They do have offensive weapons, and they scored some points this year. As you said, Cousins got up to a up awful start and then picked it up. Um, but their defense was pretty damn bad all year. And I know they had some injuries over there and some COVID issues. Can Spielman at least make this defense Representative during this offseason? Either be a free agency, where I know they don't have a ton of cap room, but they have some, and do you trust them in the draft to pick the right defensive guys if that's where they're fo- focusing their upgrades during the off season?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a lot of money to spend. The, the key will be, last year, uh, and you said you picked this team to win the division. I picked, was picking this team to win the division after their draft. I thought they had a very good draft. And then I... Uh, Reneged on that and picked the Packers once I realized that Daniil Hunter was going to be out and Michael Pierce, their nose tackle, was going to be out because he, he withdrew because of COVID concerns. So, you know, this defense is based on getting pressure with four people and having an interior run stuffer who who ties people up if he doesn't make the plays himself without Hunter and Pierce, they had a bad front four and nothing else held together. So they had a bad front four while turning over the quarterback position to rookies. That was a bad combination. Um, And then they had other injuries and all that other stuff. But so, I think the key is Hunter coming back and being maybe the best defensive end in football, Pierce coming back and being a run-stuffer, getting them maybe one other player to help with the pass rush. Uh, and then, you know, if, if the young quarterbacks continue to develop, they have Harrison Smith back there still. Eric Hendricks is a great player. Uh, you know, so they could go I, – I, I don't think they'll ever be a number one defensive league again. They could go back to – they could make a big jump defensively even if they don't sign any free agents.
0: Jim Suhan from uh, the Minnesota Star Tribune, our guest, talking Minnesota sports and the Uphill Climb they got coming in 2021 here with us on cbs Sports radio All right, let's jump over to your baseball team. The Twins have been viable over the last several years. They have playoff appearances. They can be a winning team. The problem is when they get to the playoffs, they don't win. And usually they're beaten rather handily and quickly eliminated by the New York Yankees. I I don't know how to fix that. Do you? Apparently the Twins don't either because they keep knocking up against the same uh, issues and, and hurdles that they can't get
1: over. What can the
0: Twins do to get over the hump?
1: Good question. I don't think there's a simple solution. Uh, you know, against the Yankees, they just didn't pitch well enough two years ago. They won 100 100- some games, then they ran to the Yankees, and they just didn't pitch well enough to win that series. Uh, and they also didn't swing the bats very well. That was a home run, a record-setting home run hitting team, and they took terrible at bats against the Yankees. I think they really let the Yankees get in their heads. This last year, they won the division again, and they played a bad Astros team, you know, a relatively bad Astros team, and then they didn't, and they pitched well, and they just didn't swing the bats at all. So. You know, when you're a good offensive team and your offense doesn't perform, I don't know what the solution is other than maybe a little more maturity uh, from young hitters. Now they are—they did get rid of Eddie Rosario and chased him, uh, replaced him with Alex Kirillov and that's kind of where they want to take this team. They've always—they've been fairly free swinging and productive, but. Not that hard to pitch to if you're a good pitcher. Now they're hoping guys like Kirilov, who are coming up, are going to be harder outs. Or Their at-bats are going to translate into better postseason at-bats. They just re-signed Nelson Cruz, who was the one guy who produced for them in this postseason. So they need a combination of better approaches and maybe a little more maturity from their hitters. Their pitching staff is, you know, they don't have flamethrowers, but they have enough pitching. I think they're an offensive team. They need to score in the postseason.
0: Fair enough, and they did make one decent addition free agency during the offseason, bringing in Anderson Simmons, who I think is the best defensive uh, shortstop in all of baseball. Is that a big enough key to to see improvement in this team? Did they desperately need up-the-middle defensive help? Is that why they made the play for Simmons and ended up landing him?
1: Well, you know, they're not really a pure strikeout pitching staff, so the ball's going to be in play. Uh, and then here's another key, Byron Buxton, when Byron Buxton is healthy, he's the best defensive center fielder in the game. And when Andy's had months where he's played like an all-star, you know, produced power, uh, if they can get Buxton healthy and have Simmons at shortstop, they have the best center fielder and the best shortstop in the game defensively that will save wear and tear on the pitching staff. It will make them an even better team. Uh, but again, they've been a good regular season team. Um, but I think what Simmons does, he dramatically upgrades their fielding. He allows Polanco to play second base, which will be easier on Polanco. Polanco's played with leg injuries the last two years. And when Polanco's healthy, he's an exceptional offensive player. It lets Louis, Louis Rise be their kind of super utility guy, uh, bench hitter. And, you know, all of a sudden their infield is, is you know, Sano. Who could hit 40 home runs in a year? Polanco, who is an all star caliber hitter. Uh, Simmons, who's an excellent defender. And Josh Donaldson, who's an all star caliber third baseman. So it is an upgrade. And, you know, it's just one of one of the ways you can choose to get better.
0: That is, uh, if Kirillov and Bucks didn't come along, all of a sudden the offense does look improved, which could be key for the Twins. All right, jump into your hoop squad. It hasn't worked out. Uh, call Anthony Towns, number one overall pick. Has at times flashed brilliance, had some issues on the floor, off the floor, and the like. Mitch w- w- Wiggins as the number one pick. They rightfully moved off him. I was disappointed. I thought he had a chance to be a superstar. He's only a good player, so they went in another direction. Uh, had a high pick again this year, and I've not seen out of anything out of Anthony Edwards where I go, All right, there's their franchise player. That's who they're gonna build around. Uh, how frustrating is it for T-Wolves fans that they've had shots in the draft to get superstar guys, and they just keep swinging and missing?
1: Well, what's even more frustrating is they have gotten some talent in the draft, and it's, they're still not winning. And Listen, uh, they, they first two games of the season, they had a relatively healthy roster. Towns was healthy. They won two games. They played defense. They won two games with pretty strong fourth quarters. And then Towns – Gets hurt, then he goes into COVID protocol. He already lost his mother and a bunch of relatives to COVID this winter. It's been a horrific year for him. Uh, So, I still want to see what this team can do when Towns is healthy. He is still their superstar. He's put up almost unprecedented offensive numbers for a center of his age. Uh, There's something there. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I know, hasn't been particularly consistent, but we have seen, especially the last couple of weeks, we've seen him really start to stroke the three to get to the rim. Power dunk, be creative in his finishes. There's some real talent there. He's still learning. He's 19. He's still learning how to play. But there's some real upside there. The problem is that with Towns out, they have been a horrific defensive team. uh, That has to go to the coach. Ryan Saunders has to take responsibility for that. And 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 the other problem is that uh, D'Angelo Russell has been, I think, disappointing. Uh, They basically traded, you know, it was a complex deal, but the basic idea of the deal was get rid of Wiggins and get Russell. Uh, they did need to get rid of Wiggins. He was a drag on the franchise. Russell is pretty erratic, and he's definitely a number two or a number three, definitely not a number one. He's been forced to be the number one with Towns out, and he can't do it.
0: Do you believe that there's a chance he could get traded at the deadline that uh, there's a team out there? Now, his contract's pretty big, so it's going to have to be a deal that kind of balances the scales, but he is a designated scorer and that's why he's bounced around to a couple teams so far in his uh, NBA history does score where he goes. Will there be a team in need that thinks they can make a championship run at the trade deadline uh, if the uh, T-Wolves want to take another step back to take two step forward down the road?
1: I don't think the Wolves are looking at that. I think and one of the reasons they brought Russell here is Russell and Towns are close. They like playing together. They should be a great pick and roll combination. Uh, and again, I think if Russell's your number two or three player instead of your number one, he probably fits in better. So I really think they're on hold. They want to see what this coaching staff does with Towns healthy, what Russell does with this with Towns healthy. And you know, listen, they're already out it They're having a terrible season. I think they want to dedicate the rest of this year to getting. Russell, Towns, and this roster up to speed, getting them some time together. They've played very few games together so far, and then hoping that th- that can be a key to a successful next season.
0: All right, I need you to help me out with the Wild because uh, in the COVID NHL season in which we're in, that teams aren't playing interconference games, and it's just stay in your division stuff. I'll be honest, I don't know if I've seen 10 minutes of a wild game this year. I know the franchise's history, 20 years in the NHL since they became an expansion after the Stars went south. Uh, Their best year was probably their third or fourth year that they made a conference final. Uh, No Stanley Cup since, been a couple of years since they've had any playoff success. How is this team? I know they're on the cusp of playoff cutoff right about now. Do they have any young star players that you can put faith in that you would want to make sure you tuned in for? Uh where do the Wild sit right now in the growth chart?
1: Right now they're on pause These have a bunch of positive covid tests, so they're they're an average team that's on pause. Uh, but they've been an average team for a long time and frankly a very boring average team. They're it's a little more intriguing now because they brought, they've brought. they been trying to get a draft pick from Russia over here for years, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. He's finally here. Uh, he's got great hands, a uh, really fun player to watch, very creative. Uh, somebody they just haven't had that kind of player here before. Kevin Fiala started becoming a star last year. He has not played well this year. If they could get Kaprizov, Fiala, and Zach Parisi all going as top six uh, wings, This could be a really entertaining team. It's been a little hit and miss so far, but again, it's really hard to judge on whatever's been 11 games. So there's some potential there to have some offensive fun. Uh, They lack center talent and depth. They're trying out Talbot as their replacement goalie. You know, he's been up and down. He's missed a little time. So I don't know know what we have here yet. I just think that if Kaprizov and Fiala got it going, this could be one of the more entertaining teams in franchise history.
0: Fair enough. Last question for you. Vikings, Twins, T-Wolves, Wild 2021. How many of those four teams make the postseason? Uh,
1: Twins will make the postseason. Vikings very well could be a a fringe playoff team if the defense, you know, gets some healthy people back. Wolves, no chance. Uh, Wild, borderline.
0: Borderline. So that's a one and a half, it sounds like to me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Maybe two-ish. And, uh, hey, uh, we've had some uh, other uh, reps on from other towns today. Uh, I don't know that Minnesota is in the worst place. Uh, There's a couple teams, uh, one that you see often in some of your divisions uh, called Motown that are probably worse off than you guys are in Minnesota right now. Hey, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thank you much, Jim. We will talk to you down the road. Enjoy the game today. Great. Thank you, Jerry. Jim Suhan from uh, the Minnesota Star Tribune here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, come back. We'll get the phones open a little bit. You know I got the eye on the game for you. We're talking about the teams, the towns that have some issues for 2021, trying to keep you busy on a Super Sunday here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.